0: She became more involved in the civil rights movement. And after that, uh, Freedom Summer, she, uh, people kind of looked up to her. She was the moral force, the driving force, always having music to keep people going, um, keep them on their toes, and just to keep them inspired. And um, she gave a really wonderful testimony during um, the Democratic elections um, in 1964, I believe. 1964. And um in that speech, you know, she was really just talking about her trials and tribulations, and how far she's came. And um, in that speech, one quote that really stood out to me was, um, "So the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, it was trying to gain seats in the all-white caucus in uh, Mississippi, and she wanted to gain seats in that, so we could uh, implement change. And unfortunately, as a lot of you know, uh, there was a proposition for only two seats in the house, and that's not what we came for. We came for the whole house. And um, so they turned down that offer. But during her speech." She said, if America... um, If the party's not seated now, I question America. I mean, the basic building blocks of democracy is voting. And if you have citizens in your country that aren't going to vote, then that's not a democracy, okay? So that was the whole purpose of, you know, trying to gain seats in the House, which unfortunately, like I said, never happened. Uh, That kind of, you know, everyone loved to sing, so let's all join in song for this, this little light of mine. This little light of mine... I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. So, go one more time. Hey, all right. hey, this little light of mine. Hey. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Mrs. Hamer, by the way, Mrs. Penny Lou Hamer, was a diamond, a diamond in the field waiting to be found, hoping to be found. And when SNCC came, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, she was found. Uh, And this has happened over and over again, and people struggle that they are gifted leaders and intellectuals in the fields, and they're there, waiting to be discovered, to blossom with their leadership. Uh, Mrs. Hamer was one of the great examples of that. Uh, She followed Ella Baker, who if you don't know Ella Baker, you don't know American history. And most people don't know Ella Baker, Uh but one of the great, great uh, heroes of American history and heroines of of American history. I like to tell stories about Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer. We were very, very close, and she helped us all tremendously, as did Mrs. Ella Baker. But one of the things I'd like to talk about Fannie Lou Hamer, is that she was a common person who always kept the common touch, even though she became immense, even in her lifetime. But she's also very much like Mrs. Rosa Parks and uh, Zora Neale Hurston and other great, great uh, heroes and women uh, leaders. They had exemplary lives, they were incredibly creative, and they Uh, lived in poverty and usually sometimes died in obscurity. So when Fannie Lou Hamer died, she was penniless. They had to worry about how to bury her, how to get this to happen and so forth. It happens over and over again with great leaders of humanity that they are passed over in their lifetimes and then they're later discovered. But one thing that I love to tell about Mrs. Hamer is her common touch. Uh, In 1965, there was a a follow-up to the summer of 64 and the challenge at the Atlantic uh, uh, Convention of the Democratic Party. And uh, so uh, my wife, Dorothy, was head of New England SNCC. And I was supposedly a graduate student at Brandeis University. I was supposed to be studying sociology. Uh, And most of the sociologists were studying me (laughs)
2: <laughs> and,
1: uh, and, the, and the movement and so forth. Uh, but I got a, I, it was a great privilege to be there. But one of the things that happened during the years in uh, Cambridge and in Boston was that uh, Mrs. Hamer would come up to Boston, and uh, she would do work for SNCC. One day, uh, she was supposed to meet with Cardinal Cushing, who was also a very, uh, a very influential prince of the church, So my wife, Dottie, and myself, and uh, Maggie Nolan Donovan, who was an Irish Catholic from uh, Boston, had to talk to Mrs. Hamer about her uh, audience with the the Archbishop, the Cardinal. And uh, so they began to describe to Mrs. Hamer what the protocol was for dealing with the prince of the church. And um, they said, first you curtsy. And she said, what is a curtsy? And they began to show her what a curtsy was, which, I mean, I was a ballet dancer, but I'm sure I still can't exactly curtsy. But she said, a curtsy, okay, I don't think I'm going to do that. I might curtsy and not ever be able to get up. I don't believe I'm going to curtsy. And they said, Well, you kiss his ring. And she said, Kiss his what? <laughs> she said, they said, then you kiss his ring. She said, I don't believe I'm gonna be kissing the, the cardinal's ring. And she said, and everybody said, Well, you need to address address him properly. And she said, Well, how do I address him? And they said, You address him as your eminence. And she said, I don't believe I'm going to try that either. (laughs) I'm just as likely to call him his enema. (laughs) So this was a woman of the earth who didn't care about no princes or no cardinals or nobody else. She said, I got to talk business with him, and if he can't talk business with you about me curtsying, and kissing his ring and making that yo eminence, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to do that. The other thing that she did was uh, she won the hearts of so many women around the country that wherever Mrs. Hamer went, all the ladies wanted Mrs. Hamer to stay with her. So Rose and Ralph Fishman in Brookline, Massachusetts, he was a finance broker and so forth and quite wealthy. For those days, he'd be considered poor now. But he, then he was wealthy. And uh, so Mrs. Hamer would always stay with Rose and Ralph. And we would go, Dottie and I, and all the SNCC people, would go out to Rose's and Ralph, and we would commune with Mrs. Hamer, and she'd give us all the news of what's happening in Mississippi and everything. So one night, Rose asked Mrs. Hamer if she would like a peanut butter sandwich. And Mrs. Hamer allowed us how, yes, she would very much like a peanut butter sandwich. So Rose took out the peanut butter jar, and they made peanut butter sandwiches with jelly. And so the next night, uh, Rose realized that Mrs. Hamer had enjoyed the peanut butter sandwich so much, she said, Rose, would you like a peanut butter sandwich? And Mrs. Hamer said, Rose, I sure would like a good peanut butter sandwich. So Rose went back to get the peanut butter. And she came back with an empty bottle, empty (laughs) jar of peanut butter. And uh, she said, Mrs. Hamer, I've got bad news. Somebody ate the peanut butter. And she said, Rose, I have to confess, I ate the peanut butter. (laughs) She said, after you and Ralph went to bed, I went and got the peanut butter, and she said, you know I have never had as much peanut butter as I wanted to eat, but I did last night. <laughs> uh, but the other thing that, uh, that Rose would do is she took care of all the SNCC people. When James Foreman came, and don't, uh, don't uh, confuse James Foreman with Jim Farmer. So if you're an experienced civil rights person if you know the difference between James Farmer and Jim Foreman. Jim Foreman was the executive director of SNCC and one of the greatest of the civil rights leaders, almost completely unknown, other than his books, Making of Black Revolutionaries and so forth. But anyway, Jim Foreman would also always stay at Rose's and Ralph's because everybody liked Rose's and Ralph's. They entertained very well. They had really good food and plenty of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, Mrs., uh, what Rose would do, though, is uh, she would talk to Jim Foreman about going shopping for a new suit and some shoes. And Jim Foreman would say, what's wrong with my shoes and what's wrong with my suit? And to call Jim Foreman's suit rumpled would be a compliment to his (laughs) suit. It was not only Rumpled, it was raggedy. And his shoes were totally worn out so bad that she would take his shoes and put them in the garbage can and make sure that they send them off and they couldn't find Foreman's shoes. And therefore, he would have to go with her to buy a new pair of shoes. So that was, I'm just telling you a few little stories about great great people in the civil rights movement and that lady right out there and it's a good idea to touch that statue
2: hi, hi. Hello, Bob. um so bob's asked me um i do something whenever we go to places um i try my best to touch the statues and um with any lou hamer's um gravestone i traced her name and the reason why i do that is it's my way of trying to make a human connection with someone who's not here anymore. And someone who means a lot to me. Because the people who we are seeing and visiting, they mean so much to me. And it's a way to kind of share a moment with them. I'm oh. no Amen.
0: What was the most fun, most pleasure? Like Zalni was talking about the earthy person. Mhm. Um, I'd have to say, uh just her upbeatness, like even through all the struggles she'd been through all the beating, she was just still be able to like stay happy, um, through all the depression and you yeah. know, um, just keep that spirit alive in her. I am Adrian Bustamante. I just find it interesting, just like with with us now, uh, everybody calls Rosa Parks the mother of the movement. But in our lives, can we say that we only have one mother? Just like you know, I I I feel like I have multiple mothers. So that's why I think like finally with Hammer, that's another mother of the movement.
2: Let it shine,
0: let it shine, let it shine. Thank you,
2: Fannie Lou Yo, Let's shake it out for Fannie Lou Hamer, all right? Let's started recording. Woo! Thank you. Let's shake it out for Mark and Ida, too. Yeah! And Como. And Como. Yeah! Five minutes back on the bus, folks.